Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hey everybody, this is the One Hour Photo Podcast by Studio C41, and uh, we are here with, uh, man, I don't know how I'm, how to introduce these two characters, because uh, they seem like they're mad all the time, and uh, they're super, super sensitive, And um, but I think uh, this is going to be a very fun conversation, because I've had M uh, from Emulsive on the show, and we've had, this is the first time uh, having Hamish and uh, this is the crossover episode with the Hypersensitive Photographers podcast. How are you guys doing? Oh, but I make just just to clarify, M is really really boring when I'm not around. So <laughs> hopefully this will be this will be more interesting than when you had M on in the past because I've heard M on podcasts and I understand that he sends people to sleep. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm usually asleep. I'm usually asleep before other people have fallen asleep so i've never actually heard other people falling asleep i'm just aware of the fact that it happens oh oh man this is going to be brilliant that's that's a nice little throwback to to andre um <laughs> wow that, that was <laughs> that's that's the only time it's you know the most other people have, have been too ashamed to, to sort of make people other people aware of the fact it happens yeah most yeah. Podcasts. No, we 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 edit uh we edit it out mostly when i do other podcasts um you know it's just just the way it happens. Um, Hamish is, of course, right um, as always, or at least as my therapist has told me to keep telling him. Um, but I'd, I'd probably <laughs> advise that you just don't listen to anything that he says. Really, does your does your therapist does your therapist believe that I exist yet? No, no, you're still a figment of my imagination. Oh, apparently. Man. <laughs> well, all right. So what, what nobody else realizes, I'm actually M's therapist. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting deep here. So, uh, what does the uh, ink blots tell you? Um, I think that it's, it's all candy floss. Everything, everything candy is candy floss. floss. <laughs> yeah, but you, you really don't want to know what the candy floss tells me. Uh, oh man. Okay, so I'm gonna try to wrangle you two because um, uh, this this one hour photo podcast uh, um, it, it's got to be a, an hour up to an hour long or else it's free. Um, so, um, and by free meaning that we don't charge for this show at all. So, um, I, I want to go back to the Andre, uh, episode M because I, I want to just tell you, I have never laughed so hard on a podcast. Like literally I thought I had to pull over on the highway and just get it out of my system because it, it was just, I've never heard anybody literally snore on a podcast like that. Like, I mean, you two were you and um and Mike were having a fantastic conversation. Uh, I'm still a uh, freezer believer, but that that's cool. That's cool. But um, you know, it's kind of funny because um, he, Andre was going through a very busy weekend, so I could totally understand you know him kind of falling asleep on that. But after seeing uh his little meetup uh, and taking every minute to fall asleep, I feel a little bit less. Like, dude, you kind of need to get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> he that 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 man that man seriously does does running run himself ragged. He's he does. A, a, 
he's just one of those people that typifies the whole burning the candle at, at both ends and stuff. But yeah. the, the funniest thing about the podcast for me, and it, it was great listening back to it, but it's it's recording and then realizing what's happening and then carrying on regardless. So both Mike and I know exactly what's happened. And <clears throat> we eventually, after about 10, 10 minutes, I think, I don't know, 15 minutes, so we cut to the break. Um, and I, I really wish Mike had saved or posted some of the, the outtakes in between because there's basically just 25, 30 minutes of us just just laughing our guts out and absolutely taking the piss out of Andre. Um, and we, we, we then refuse to tell him anything that's been discussed. Oh, that's and fantastic. The, and, and it must have been some subliminal messages just coming to him through through his earpiece whilst we're recording. He he then starts bringing up the points that we've discussed when he's awake again, and and, and we're all talking again. It was it was fantastic. I mean, that, that, those podcast sessions with those guys are, are marathons. I mean, it's it can easily be three four hours. I think the longest was nearly five hours of just just recording, and about an hour and a half of that makes it to the show. Yeah, the rest. It's just all the the banter and stuff. It's fantastic. That's fantastic. So um, they are known for their marathons for sure. And um, I'm kind of curious, like when I when I first listened to the hypersensitives, or we'll, we'll just call it because it, it is a mouthful, the hypersensitives photographers podcast. I'll just call it HPP from now. Um, that, that's <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess. How do you guys um, generally keep yourselves like on topic? Like, I mean, is it just the magic of the edit, or you just say, "Screw it, we're just going to put it out there," and that that's like one there's, there's consistent? No, there's no edit. There is definitely no edit. There is no chance that either me or M could, in any way, be bothered to to edit. We just press record, waffle for a bit, press stop, stick it on the internet. Oh, that's yeah. too funny. Did, did you did you hear he just said, like, how do you guys keep on topic? Do, have you actually listened to any episodes? <laughs> well, no, no. So, okay. So, yes, I have listened. And I, I there are many jokes where you guys certainly go off topic. Um, and but I mean, just kind of like um, you guys end up bringing it back somehow. And I've, we're professionals. We're just absolute. Just a high standard professional podcaster. We've been doing this for, you know, since January. Yeah. <laughs> we know what we're doing. You guys know what you're doing. Fantastic. Oh man. That's brilliant. Well, um, okay, so um let's let's talk about each individual person. Um, so Hamish and M. So I'll kind of start off with uh Hamish, because uh you sir. Um, this is your first time on our podcast and, um, I, I kind of like to get to know a little bit more about you, sir, because I've only heard you on the sunny 16 podcast and that was what, maybe about a year ago. I want to say, I think that was when you were first announcing the pixelator, right? Quite possibly. Yeah. 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 They've they've managed to drag me on a few times. Oh, wow. Yesterday I was on yet. I was recording with them yesterday. So. Oh, oh, cool. So awesome. I'll, I'll hope to hear you again on that one. So let, let's dive into hearing a little bit about yourself and um, and uh, how the heck you got into photography. I'm one of those people, sort of film photography at least seems to be divided into people who have recently started doing it and the other people who've been doing it, you know, since before digital. And I'm one of those people that 
has been doing it since before digital, um, since I was nine. But I should mm-hmm. follow that by saying that doesn't mean that I think that I'm necessarily any better because <laughs> <that's, laughs> I'm definitely not. Sure. Um, I've <laughs> most definitely learned everything that I have or, or everything that I currently know about film photography, I would say, has been learned since I've been doing doing the blog. Well, that's not entirely true. I, uh, the last 10 years, I suppose, I've uh, maybe a little bit longer. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, my nan bought me a, uh, a camera when I was nine. So that was in um, 1994. Okay. Um, and then so I had that for a few years, shot that, I guess, throughout my teens and then had a um, an APS, an Alta Vectis, something or other, um, point and shoot throughout oh, nice. my late teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the sort of early, very early days of digital, I had a, a Canon point and shoot thing that was okay. And then um, it was kind of, sort of didn't really, I wasn't, I was always, I was always known as the guy that had a camera. I was always sort of in, into photography, but I wasn't really into not, I mean, not like the weird obsession I have with it now. Sure. Um, but um, yeah, I, I got, um, I got a job in a camera and sort of hi-fi and stuff shop. Um, and there wasn't any other photography experts in there at the time. So while they employed me, they wanted a photography. I mean, believe it or not, there's a camera shop that didn't have a photography expert in it. Wow. Um, so they employed me as somebody um, to, to, to be basically the camera guy. Um, so I took it upon myself to, this is when I was, I'd say, 21, maybe 22, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I took it upon myself to just learn basically as much as I possibly could, as quick as I possibly could. So I just spent my days um, reading on, um, you know, DP review and um, or everything that was in the cabinet. So we had lots of secondhand stuff and new stuff. So if, you know, in any film camera that was in the cabinet, I'd, I'd take it out. I'd kind of study it, pull it apart, work out, work out how it worked and read up all about it on the internet. And that, that kind of process of doing that taught me quite my sort of, knowledge of film photography well photography in general um mm-hmm. went went up very quickly at that stage um and then after about a couple of years of being there i realized that um i absolutely hated working for other people yeah um because um mostly because other people are really annoying <laughs> and uh they you know i found myself doing you know jobs for the shop that were just way outside of my you know, job description I thought well actually you know I could just really I should run my own business I should do something of my of my own um, my own back so I set up as a, a wedding photographer in oh, nice. uh, like a lot of people do um, that's got to be I don't know I don't even know uh, years ago 12 years ago 13 years ago something like that mm-hmm. um, and happened to know a couple of managers of hotels so managed to kind of get in to the wedding photography game through them, um, using them as contacts to get into people who you know wanted a wedding, uh, wanted oh, nice. their wedding photographed at those yeah. hotels. Um, and then about a year after that, I started picking up commercial work. So I picked up uh, quite a big contract for a um, a local fashion label doing their um, clothes, like their clothes, just white background clothes shots. So I'd do a couple of seasons a year, and that was very lucrative. In fact, so lucrative, they they ended up employing somebody, and it was less money to employ somebody, I think, in the end than it was to get me to do it. So sure. I, and then they paid, and then they paid me to train that person. Um, 
and that was kind of that all of that was from technical know-how if you see what I mean I wasn't particularly a great photographer but I was technically quite knowledgeable um because of all of the stuff that I'd learned in the shop if you see what I mean I understood how to take photos and mm-hmm. um yeah and then eventually I um set up my creative agency that I currently run with my business partner Greg which we do websites and photography and all that sort of stuff Brilliant. so yeah since then I've been a, a sort of a um, I've been the photographer for my own business, if you see what I mean. So it's, it's kind of interesting that um, it's a topic that I haven't really talked about all that much on uh, the podcast, but it is something that is kind of almost like a burning topic that I've been wanting to talk about is um, entrepreneurship um, and uh, in the film or in the photography industry and and making that dive from an eight to five job to a uh you know being your own business owner and uh yeah. and so that is something that is something that I have not uh taken the plunge myself um cuz I I'm doing this along the lines of you know a normal 8 to 5 job as well so I I cannot imagine the thought process or the the fear of if I'm going to be doing this I have to be making sure that you know, there's a livelihood that food is being put on the table as a result of all this. And that, and that's a very scary thought. It is. I was, I was lucky. Lucky isn't quite the right word, but I Mm. was, um, my, uh, so both, both my, uh, parents passed away, um, when I was young and then my, Mm. my, my mum when I was young and then my dad, when I was in my, um, uh, well, uh, he had early onset Alzheimer's in my in my oh, mid teens, and then uh, my nan um, passed away in my late teens, um, yeah. and she she basically left me everything. So, wow. and that was that was a uh, that was a house um, and a, a, a chunk of cash. So I bought my house that I live in now and invested the cash in the in the business. Basically, invested so. So yeah, it's a kind of that was the silver lining for basically not having any family anymore. <laughs> sure, wow. Um, so yeah, I was quite as I say, it's not lucky, it's not quite the word, but it, it, right. it was it was what gave me the ability to do it. Right. Uh, it was still a gamble, of course, but um, I think because I had um, the, the first kind of year or so was covered by was covered by that was covered by that and that the the the, uh, the, the job for the fashion label that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm, when, once I met my bu- business partner, uh, mind you, I say that I was doing kind of 12 or 13, 15 weddings a year in the first few years as well. So that helped a lot. But sure. once I met my business partner, you know, it's not to say our business boomed, but we, we created a business that was able to sustain us reasonably well, um, reasonably quickly, you know, within sort of three to five years, I suppose we were, we, well, with quite, I suppose a little bit quicker than that, we were able to live off it, if you see what I mean. Sure. So, so yeah, but I think the, it's the branching out the thing that's um in, on the subject of on, entrepreneurship i think the thing that whatever there's whatever the I, mean, I don't consider myself as an entrepreneur i, I own four businesses so i probably am but i i don't really consider i don't really like that word particularly but mm-hmm. uh, i i do have that in me whatever that whatever that sort of gene is in me <laughs> to <laughs> um to to sort of aspire to things and i i i'm not i'm not particularly money driven i don't make very much money because i'm not very money driven i don't think but Mm. i I always want to i like creating things and seeing them become successful so 
you know, I, I guess the, the sort of drive to create 35 MMC and, and turn that into something successful is a um, is a good example, really. I've, I've put, you know, as you can probably imagine, a not insignificant effort into um, into that website, which is, you know, it's now got to the stage where it's, um, yeah, where it's massive. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is a great transition into that topic. So you, as a result of uh, the wedding photography and everything, you started 35 MMC. And uh, 35 MMC is pretty much just about every single film camera review you can think of. And I swear you you and M pop up in like probably the first five searches on any kind of camera review. So, I mean, you guys are very well embedded as far as the SEO searches. Um, yes. So I, I, I want to kind of dive in and talking about a little bit about 35 MMC. And I'm sure there are some some people out there that aren't familiar with it. Um, but, uh, let me know, I mean, like, what is, what is kind of the driving force behind, you know, doing all these reviews? Like, what is your methodology, uh, you know, doing these reviews? Well, I mean, I don't, they are, they are reviews. I mean, yes, they are reviews, but I, funny Mm -hmm. enough, I don't really see them as reviews. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I, a lot of the content I do write is, I suppose, quite a traditional review based content, if you see what I mean. I, Mm -hmm. I just write what I find if you see what I mean. Sure. So I see it as more of a blog. Oh, okay. I know, Fair enough. I know quite a lot of people don't, but it, I think it is. And certainly the five frames with series is it's really, that's what that's about. It's just these little, you know, experiences that people, that people have in, in, mm-hmm. you know, quite short form blog format. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the drive is because I, I, I just, I just enjoy it. I like writing and I like, I find it meditative. I think writing, I enjoy the process of, you know structuring the content and getting my thoughts out i think i have quite a uh a, a scatty brain i quite like I, I feel like i'm always thinking about seven or eight things at once so mm-hmm. when i'm writing I'm, it, I'm when i'm writing i'm just concentrating on one thing right. and creating structure out of what i'm thinking so it's yeah, I, i've all, i've just found it's it's something that makes me feel calm <laughs> <laughs> So, so I do it because of that, really, and I do, and I just yeah. and it's photography because I like photography and I enjoy cameras and you know I enjoy you know I enjoy taking photos. So it's kind of a big. It's 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 sort of the it's lots of hobbies all. And actually, where it started, I mean, the, the funny thing is, it, it start the thirty five MMC was born out of me being bored with photography, mm-hmm. um, and having started doing it as a job. Well, not started. I was well into the st- in, well into the stages of doing it as a job, sure. and was finding it finding it irritating, mm-hmm. um, and um, this sort of just I didn't, I couldn't, I wasn't doing it. I wasn't, I didn't ever feel like I was doing anything constructive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, when I was working, it was just I was just taking photos for the purposes of whatever function that was, and it could be you know I don't know an interior of a church or a mm-hmm you know, a product on a shelf or a white background or something. And it, all this kind of stuff, it was just so functional, if you see what I mean. And then my my but my hobby side of it, I'd really got, and I still am into the, the I've sort of rediscovered the experimenting with classic lenses things. Um, but I, I'd really got into playing with lenses. But I remember going to, there's a garden centre <laughs> near me, like just after my, literally just after my daughter was born and she was in her pram. And mm-hmm. my wife got got my daughter out of the pram and put her in the pram, and all I was thinking about doing was taking a photo 
of my daughter because there was some foliage and stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. I was trying to take a photo of her with the subject as, as the subject, but trying to see what the bloody bokeh would look like. And and I, <clears throat> I remember like later on that day, just reflecting, looking at this photo, and it was shit, and just reflecting on it and just being like, I'm not even trying to take a photo of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Like I've just completely lost. Like I'm trying to take a photo of something that's the background. I've completely lost something. Like I've I'm not. I've not, I'm not, this isn't photography. This is, this is just rubbish. <laughs> there's, no, there's no purpose to what I'm doing here. Sure. And, um, not long later, I, I, I told this story a couple of times, not long later, I, I popped into London camera exchange, which is a local camera, uh, camera shop to me. Mm-hmm. The one I used to work in incidentally shut down years ago after I left, I should add. <laughs> um, the And I popped into London camera exchange and they got a, a Yashica T5 on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And, Years ago, there was a TV program, and there was a there was a, a photographer Birmingham near me. There was a photographer um, who lived in Birmingham, and there's a, a really famous area of Birmingham called the Bull Ring. Mm-hmm. And this photographer had documented the Bull Ring over the years, and he'd done it with a um, point and shoot film camera, like a little Canon AF35 or something like that. All I remember was that it was a little camera with red bits on it, so it was like you know a Canon AF35 or you know one of the Nikon's or some you know one of the ones from the 80s that had red bits on them. Right. Um, and his photos were stunning. And I was like, God, you know, if he could do that with that point and shoot camera and it was so uncontrived, he was so unpretentious about it. He was just, that was just his thing. He just took photos of the ball ring with his point and shoot camera and they were fantastic. Yeah. And it really, really like inspired me. And it just happened this one day I went into London camera exchange and I was aware of the Sheikah T5. I wasn't really, I didn't really know, you know, I was aware of the, the sort of, the the skater thing and the and the terry richardson thing and all that kind of thing but right. i wasn't really particularly aware of it other than that i knew that it was worth a few quid mm-hmm. and i said to the they got them on the shelf and i said to gareth who was the the shop the recently appointed new shop manager how much do you want for it and i sort of befriended him a bit by this time and he goes oh 35 quid or 30 quid whatever just have it and i was like are you sure because <laughs> they were like 100 quid at the time Right. He was like, yeah, 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 to have it, 30 quid. So I, I took it, obviously, and put a roll of uh, XP2 in it and took some photos of my daughter mm-hmm. and took photos of my daughter, not of the f***ing booker in the background, <laughs> of my daughter, and uh, and got the photos back. And they were absolutely stunning. They were just like, they're so, they were so crisp and so kind mm-hmm. of the, the contrast was lovely. And it was just like a switch just flicked in my head. And I was like, ah, that's this. This yeah. is this is what I want to do. And of course, that's what 35, you know, 35 MC, 35 millimeter compacts. That's what it that's what it started off as, is this um, sort of niche blog for for compact film cameras. Okay. Of course, it's it's expanded into yeah. you know everything. now. But yeah, back then that was where it started. And that, um, yeah, that was why. And I and I and then I just started buying these compact cameras and and but the, I was. I was taking photos and I was taking photos for myself Mm -hmm. that I enjoyed taking for the first time. I think probably since I was a kid, Mm -hmm. like it kind of, it it took me back to when I had that point and shoot that my nan originally bought me when I was nine. It was like, this is what photography is. It's about, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not thinking about stupid things like what the hour focus looks like. It's about just taking photos of stuff that that's important to you. Right. Um, and I re- and, it, and, I, and I you know still believe that now. Oh, that's really cool. It, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, I I don't think 
so I, I don't have kids, uh, hopefully one day soon. And, um, and I kind of find it interesting, uh, that, um, uh, photographers include pictures of their children. So like, for example, Matt day, um, yeah. is, is probably one of the most notable that comes to mind, uh, and you as well. Is there anything like any kind of fear as far as like letting that private part of your life kind of like visible? I mean, is that I mean, I guess it's I guess it's a little bit not weird for me, but um, just I mean, for me, I find that to be something I would want to protect. Like, is there any kind of fear when when you do do one of these tests that, you know, you're letting in a little bit of like your private life into that? No, I don't think so, because yeah. I, I mean, I'm not I don't. In many ways, well, I suppose in some ways I am a private person, but mm-hmm. in, in many ways I'm not. And I think yeah. actually there's, you know, there's a lot. I suppose I'm cut. This is a this is a sort of question that expands a bit beyond photography for me. I, sure. I'm not really. I don't really. I don't really fear the wider world. I mean, maybe that's naive, but mm-hmm. um, you know, actually, my kids, my family, they are the most important thing to me. And if mm-hmm. I want to, if I want to share what's important to me with the rest of the world then you know that that's i don't know i just see that's my my prerogative and i don't think i've got anything to fear i mean sure sure you know uh, there's nothing there's nothing that would uh, there's nothing that would necessarily happen to me that wouldn't happen to somebody else just because i put pictures of my kids on the internet i don't know that's a solid point i think that's a that's a great point and i've never really and, and and that's coming from a perspective where i i don't know um and it's i've i've, I've always found that aspect very interesting so let me let me rewind it a little bit back because i know that was a little bit off topic but um so you you as a result of this yashika d5 and um and you started just have you did you start acquiring gear like did you get the gas bug and then just started buying whatever you can to to review or you know it so is that kind of the bug that kind of pushed you yeah so i suppose it 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 became about finding for a long time. It was about finding the right point and shoot camera. And if you go mm-hmm. back and look at my early reviews of, you know, I think the contacts T3 was where it peaked for me. I mean that, I mean, I wouldn't buy one for the amount of money they go for now. I think I paid 600 quid for mine, but, mm-hmm. and even then I thought that was a lot of money for what it was, but it, it, there was this sort of process of, of refining to the point of finding what the, what felt like the best point and shoot camera was for me, for my needs. Mm-hmm. But what I realized eventually, and I think the, the, probably the Contax T3 was quite instrumental in this, was that once I'd found that Contax T3, I, I, I wasn't, even though it, it was definitely the right cap, you know, if, if I felt like I would continue to shoot it, I would have kept it, but I wasn't going to continue to shoot it because um, I was always interested in shooting something else. And I wasn't interested in shooting something else because I was then trying to find something that was better mm-hmm. i just enjoy shooting different cameras so there was kind of this moment where i think and it, I, I i don't think i've ever talked about this on the blog necessarily but it, you you can see it. if you read enough of my my personal reviews you would see it happening uh-huh. where i stopped talking about a sort of a search for keep you know the perfect camera to keep and just started talking more objectively well and subjectively about what i liked and didn't like about different cameras that i found and shot yeah um, and it's very rare these days. In fact, the <clears throat> there's only two cameras that I've that I've bought and kept in recent. Well, probably in the last. Well, there's my t- my two Leicas, which I, I you know I wouldn't sell those just because I they're just the right cameras for me. But right. 
yeah, so I bought myself the uh, the the Hexar RF on the AF mm-hmm. um, with kind of expectations to quite enjoy it, I suppose. But yeah, actually, sort of unlike the majority of cameras I've bought recently over the last few years, it's 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 definitely a keeper. Um, nice. And then um, the only other one is the Plowbell Makina um six seven which i just can't see me ever selling that either that's absolutely incredible but apart from that as i say most of the cameras that i've um that i write about now is just it's it's just for the joy of taking photos with them and uh, and playing with them uh, that's cool so what, what do you just put them back on the shelf like the, do they continue to have a life after you've kind of written about them or anything well yeah well some most of them just go back for resale Okay, fair enough. No, that's so, that's smart. Yeah, I just I just sell them on. So I don't have. I mean, I've got. I mean, my daughter would tell you I've got hundreds of cameras. That's what she tells everybody. <laughs> but I haven't. I've got. Um, well, recently I had a massive clear out. Um, so I've probably got. Uh, I'm going to say 25 cameras, something like that. Okay. That probably about there's probably about well maybe 30 probably about six or seven have just got sentimental value that yeah. I would just never get rid of. So there's my my first camera there's my first slr um there's the slr that i had that was pretty much the reason that i met my wife um there's uh there's a couple of other bits and bobs there's a camera that some a reader of um 35 omc uh, just randomly got in touch with me and said that he was uh, basically he was um he'd become ill and was no longer able to go out taking photos and that he wanted to give me he was an avid reader of the website and he wanted to give me his uh raleigh 35 se wow um, which he did so i I would never sell that i obviously you could that that can't be sold because that was that was a that was a gift right yeah um but but yeah other than that i've just got sort of there's the couple the couple of maybe four or five that i that i sort of always return to so my like is the hexar Mm. uh, makina um and then yeah there's a sort of a, a pile of i well i bought a pentax mx yesterday day before yesterday oh nice um just because i i felt like shooting a really small slr um <laughs> I'll, I'll write a post about it at some point um so yeah i just buy stuff that just kind of that i just think might be interesting for me to write about oh that's cool that's cool now um so i'm gonna i'm gonna wrangle m back into this so um and when uh, there's some similarities i guess for you you're a lot about the film you're about the different emotions that people can learn about and everything so it's kind of almost like a fun little uh, i want to say synergy between the two you guys and and i guess this is kind of like a foreshadowing leading into hpp but i guess um uh, how how are you guys like what's the mentality like i know that there's community and stuff like that but i mean have you guys ever felt like that you've been in competition with each other no um no not really no it's it, it's quite funny and i'm not sure if hamish knows this but when i was first getting into point and shoots um one of the websites that i came across was by this welsh guy called hamish mcgill um <laughs> who had a um a post he just he i think he just bought a, a rico gr1 and at that point i mean i was just absorbing everything that i could 
um, on the internet. And it was quite interesting because it seemed like this guy was just really writing about experiences. So it wasn't just mm-hmm. another dry view where you can say, oh, you know, you can shift the ice or whatever. He was actually talking about problems that he'd had with the camera, successes he'd had. And I, I believe it was like a, it, it had unintentionally turned into like a multi-part review. And I remember waiting, just thinking, when is this, this guy going to, going to, come up with the final part um so i was i was a reader of hamish's sites before i knew who hamish was yeah um, before i knew anything about it and, and, and as, as as he said just a few minutes ago it, it really does have that kind of experience-led um blog mentality yeah that's my right. my motive yeah yeah and my motivations for setting up uh emulsive were completely different in some respects it was a case of just getting stuff that i'd learned out there and sharing all that kind of crap um mm-hmm. and you're right it's definitely more um more film based than hamish's and it, mm-hmm. it kind of yeah I, I, I can't remember why we first spoke about something but we did first speak about something a good couple of years ago just um just just chatting on the phone and well, ended you, up covering you, you phoned me i remember that <clears throat> it would we had this so I get this. I think you just phoned it completely out of the blue, and it was a it was like a Wednesday late morning, and then we ended up talking for about five hours, something like that. Yeah. It was like it was like it was the sort of it was sort of equivalent of kind of teenage first love. Do you know what I mean? It's like that 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 that, does, that that bit I will agree on. I'm I'm pretty sure the reason I called you up was to complain about Bellamy. Um, <laughs> he won't talk to me on the phone for five minutes. Yeah, who the f- yeah, who the f- are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, How did you find my number? Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it was uh, it was it was good. I mean, we we, we got talking, just just chatting, uh, just just on and off, and it was um, just kind of falling into just. Um, a friendship and kind of understanding that, yeah, we did have these similarities. We, we were definitely kind of addressing different, different needs, if you want, within, within the, the kind of community for, for knowledge, but one mm. mostly on cameras, one um, mostly on film. Um, and, and yeah, we just, we just let that kind of do its own thing. And, and it was Hamish's idea to set up the five frames with, which I think is fantastic. But I think he said, I'm going to start it up. And then I said, can I get in on that action? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that that kind of kicks off that way. And then, um, yeah, last year he said, I think we should do a podcast. People might want to hear us talking about stuff. Well, I think it was it was the and we we took the amount of phone calls that we've had. I remember getting in my car one day, and I think I just said, we should just record this because. Surely, out of all of this nonsense that we talk, there is an audience for for this bullshit. But it wasn't actually like it was only. I think it's it's. It, 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 and I don't know why the name hypersensitive photographers podcast or whatever is that right? I say yeah, hypersensitive photographers podcast. I don't know why that's why that happened, but it uh, it, it, so it. So I called my dog Piglet, right? And my dog is a little pig she will eat everything but i called her piglet before i knew that she was the sort of dog that would eat everything i mean she eats everything yeah. all the time and it's the same with the hive sensitive podcast. we called it that and then afterwards it turns out that we're just a pair of 
assholes who like learning about shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I, I can tell you, I can tell you where that name came from. So, around about around about the same time that you um, sent that that message on Facebook saying we should just record this, um, one of my uh, contributors, um, I, I won't name him, he'd done an article about HP five, and he was then attacked. Um, it was like a, it was like a. a a DOS attack from another website whose entire <laughs> two dozen readers essentially descended upon on this guy's article. <clears throat> and they, they, they just went completely mad. They just went completely mad. And actually, the same guy ended up having an issue with waterfalls um, <laughs> earlier this year. I remember something, something being mentioned about that. Ah, yeah. Anyway, um, so in, in an email that the contributor um, sent back, or sent to me about it because we were talking about HP, talking about HP5. Um, he started talking about these hypersensitive photographers. Um, and that, that, that's really where the name came from. And I remember going through kind of a couple of dozen ideas for, for names for the, to the, to the podcast. Mm. Um, uh, some really terrible ones and some ones which, which probably wouldn't have allowed us to have been published on <laughs> iTunes. Um, and, and I remember just the first, the first list of topics, um, or, or actually not topics, so it was an idea for just a, a format that I sent to, to Hamish was, you know, let's talk about stuff that's pissed us off this week. Um, <laughs> this time. Um, but even without that, because Hamish didn't read that, obviously, because he's just like that. Um, it just, it just devolved into this, this, this stuff that we, we encounter because of, where we are in the community um, and the frustrations that having to deal with that and either either from the point of view of why am I listening to this for a hundredth time um, or you know <laughs> how the hell can anyone can anyone have this kind of opinion yeah um, and it's, it's kind of just just gone from there really and we generally always have stuff that we <laughs> that we can moan about and, <laughs> and complain about I, I like how you used the choice of words of devolved. <laughs> well, no, that's no, really cool. I think, um, you know, as content creators, um, and, and I've talked about this with um, Chris Nichols, um, where, uh, you know, we, we do this for the community. We don't do this for ourselves necessarily you know because it's it's not about oh i want fame fortune like none of that has come from from doing this podcast or from the websites that you you guys uh create content for but it, it in a sense it's very selfless um and i think it's very difficult when you get negative content or negative responses to content that is I would say innocent because it's it's not um, you know you're just putting information out there and then you get that one person that you know it just gets under your skin right and um, and I think this is a great opportunity to kind of lead into you know um, what I I love about your show is because I find myself venting about the same things and I feel like I'm right there venting with you guys on the episodes. You know, and yes. and so um, we'll, we'll give one example like um, and I, I'm not going to name the person that did it, but the person that posted Simon Forster's um, picture of 
uh, of the Sonoblad. Uh, did I say that? So- Sonoblad. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a horrible idea. So I, I don't think even Simon cares what it's called. Son, son, Sonblad. I think he wanted to capture some of that kind of sonar. Yeah. Um, kind of cachet from it. But yeah. 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 And I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was a fun little take. Um, and I very much enjoyed uh, reading the article on it. And even seeing some sample images from that, I, I thought, Hamish, that was, that was great to, to have that, you know, compiled all together. Um, but what really ticked me off about that was that somebody else that was not Simon posted it in to one of the Facebook groups and said, uh, this is what I decided to do with my Hasselblad. I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Like, I just like I literally just threw my pen in the air. I'm like, I can't believe I'm seeing this firsthand. Um, yeah. And, and uh, look, I, I, I saw I saw the same thing. and. My reaction was to go in with a slightly different tack to you and say, can you not discredit Simon? Right. Um, but I mean, it's easy to get pissed off with stuff like that when it, when you see it happening to something that somebody you know has, has created. But just imagine how many times that's actually happening per day oh, absolutely. on social media and, and, and not getting called out. And my, my opinion with all of this, right or wrong, is... Um, be firm, direct, and come with with a, a, a first, you know, a first response. If if I know a bit of history in this case, I know that the photo doesn't belong to that person, and then deal with it there. Yeah. Um, and if if they don't do anything, that's when you can kind of raise your the, the level of your voice uh, yeah. and start insisting or, or or what or what have you. I think it's it's as someone who's so pissed off with stuff like that, you you need to build that buffer in for yourself otherwise everything's going to make yourself angry and you need to focus on getting angry at the stuff that that deserves your ire yeah no no i totally understand (laughs) yeah and and i think that's just one of like the many different things um you know i think um providing information to people or is just one of the things that we just enjoy doing um and I, i think Critical feedback is always helpful, but when when you have people that are just nasty and then don't provide anything that's helpful to make things better is one of the things that kind of like gets under my skin. So I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram post, but like when I did the um, post with um, so um, negative supply, we'll just put that out there. So negative supply just announced their Kickstarter. They're fully funded within 24 hours. I think they hit almost 200%, which is fantastic. Um, and I think it's a great idea. Um, and I think, um, the second Hamish, when you put that article out and people just started bashing it and I was like, you know, they are failing to realize that people have dedicated their time to this. And to uh, bring something that is obviously a gap in in the film photography industry, um, it, it's kind of one of those things that just really, it's like people are so quick to to be keyboard warriors and say, well, that's stupid. And it's like, well, no, it's not, you know, or that's so expensive, you know, um, you know, what, what, what is your initial gut reactions when you, when you guys have to deal with that those kind of commentary we all have our opinions about these things and and yeah. you know when we're all entitled to we're all entitled to share them 
Um, you know, that's what the internet, um, the internet provides. But I think there's a lot of people out there who don't have particularly good filters, and there's a lot of mm. people out there who don't um, perhaps see a big picture or haven't got the life experiences to draw from to understand mm. some of these things. So I think it's frustrating, you know, and I can moan as you've, you know, as everybody who's listened to the Five Sense of the <laughs> podcast will know, I can moan quite a lot about this sort of thing. But the reality is, is that's just it's just the way of the world, you know. There's people who are always going to complain um, yeah. about stuff that they don't understand mm. um, and are always going to voice opinions that are based on a complete lack of that, of, of necessary understanding. And, mm. um, you know, that's that's... I don't know. That's just the way it is, and I think, you know, it, it's probably, it's probably up to a lot of us, to a certain degree, who do have a greater understanding or greater background knowledge or understand the bigger picture or to a greater extent or whatever to, to try and try and set them right. And fortunate, fortunately, I think there are enough people out there, um, who do who do listen, who do take on board. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there who, um, who you know, who'll never listen, and, and it's just their way, and you know, they never understand. But I think there's probably a lot of people who read the comments, read the negatives, and read the positives, and read the you know, and take a kind of a balance. At least I hope there are a lot of silent, sure. <laughs> silent voices out there who, <coughs> who you know, respond to the sort of negatives and positives and make up their own, hopefully, balanced opinions. Sure. Yeah, and I'll, 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 I'll agree with you. Balanced point of view. They're all bad. I'll I'll agree with you and say yeah. There's there, there's definitely a a wide difference in um, people's ability to to respond to stuff on the internet. The fact that they have a filter, they don't have a filter. They have this wider understanding, or they don't. And I, I think you can only go and try to filling gaps to a certain degree i think at some point you just have to you just have to put it down and and, and walk away there, yeah. there's a, a local facebook group to me uh today literally in the last couple of hours and so ilford um <clears throat> just announced on, on their social media hey we're, we're doing 10 pack boxes of our film mm-hmm. and they've been completely upfront and they've said you know it's more expensive than buying the, the volume boxes um but if you want to try it out, it's four by five, eight by ten, five by seven. Just just give it a shot, which I think is fantastic. Sure. I think it's really, really, really good for people who are getting into large format and they want to just try every single film stock under the sun. And and there are people complaining about it, saying it's too expensive. What's the point? And it's like I'm I'm just there on the keyboard writing, you know, <laughs> Jesus effing Christ, they just told you what the point is. Right. <laughs> you know? But they've just given you the product and the reason for its existence. This obviously just means that it's not for you. Right. There's going to be someone out there who will, you know, they will spend, I don't know, let's say um, $15 on a box of film because they're just trying it out. And it's a way to get new people to come in. Sure. Um, and it's, I think the whole bigger picture stuff, you can't, you can't really aim to address that. I think you can only aim to address the way that individuals interact with with other individuals and if someone is being a complete dickens um <laughs> i don't know why i suddenly decided to censor myself but if someone's being a complete dickens, then <laughs> you have to you know 
I, I think that kind of behavior needs to be called out. Sure. No, um, I totally agree. And, and some people will react insanely disproportionately to a reasonable request. And, and some people will just tell you to cut off. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, from, from, from when I was much younger than I am, I, I've had this thing. Okay. You can, you can want to change the world. You can try to change the world, but the best thing you can do is just change that little, sphere of influence around you whether that's you know one person or, or five people or or, or 500 people that, that's that's all you can ever hope to do and if ranting and arguing and swearing and shouting happens to have a positive impact on on the small bubble around me then fantastic <laughs> then maybe they can affect someone else sure no absolutely i think it brings what you guys do brings clarity um uh, I say that's ridiculous no for me it does to be honest it it does bring clarity on some things like if i overreact to something and then you know you know i'll I'll get stuck in my ways on certain things like it's so easy to go into the negative right you know and um and sometimes you you want to go into the positive not the negative yeah that's correct so uh and we're we're definitely not quoting mike gutterman whatsoever anyways (laughs) (laughs) but um but sometimes you just kind of have to have that reality check and i think you may you guys may not see it that way at least is how i get out of it is that i get that reality check sometimes um because you guys are, are huge content creators um and even though People may not know the faces or the voices to these websites uh, through these podcasts. Um, you know, you're still providing information um, uh, outside of the um, outside of the uh, website. So, but um, let, let's shift gears a little bit um, and and not discuss our rants in the world. Um, but um, I, I'd like to hear a little bit more about uh, kind of the future for HPP. Uh, for you guys, and I guess uh, what what you guys hope to get out of it uh, down the road. Can I have a quick offline chat with Hamish? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get to that point. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He doesn't seem to understand. He doesn't seem to understand that we we have no plan. <laughs> I I sort of I sort of had this conversation on the Sunny Sixteen podcast though, doing their judging their uh, people thingy uh cheap shots challenge yesterday yeah. I, I as i said to them i can't remember if this was on there or not so to speak but i said to them we just enjoy doing it like it's there's nothing kind of <laughs> there's no plan sure. there is no you know i don't know there's no motivation but it, there's no kind of there's no kind of end goal there's sure it, we yeah you know, we, we both have our websites that we enjoy and do for you know all of the reasons that we do them but the mm. the podcast it, it is literally as simple as two mates recording a conversation about stuff that's recently annoyed us i mean it, it's that, <laughs> it's that. <laughs> it is i mean it could be it could essentially be um uh, a, a night down the pub where just two people uh, two mates are just having a rather rambling incoherent conversation that, that eventually you know the tangents eventually loop back on themselves mm-hmm. somehow i mean yeah. th- there is it has no purpose it has no drive mm-hmm. motivation is just is just enjoyment of the conversation um in terms of future developments I- i'd like to be at a point where i think both of us are in time zones close enough that we can both get drunk because <laughs> up until now it's mostly been me 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's not it's not like oh, we want to grow our readership and our listenership, and we want interviewees, and we want to do this, and we want to do that. I think we we do enough of um, creating that kind of content to use that term on our sites with with our blogs and our interviews and just thinking about okay what what's happening next week what's happening next month what's happening the month after that so this right. is kind of catharsis sure this is very it's a very cathartic experience no that's yeah. really cool no no and and th- you know that's it's kind of funny because uh um you know it's i guess different perspectives because at, at least for me it's kind of like you know i guess i'm trying to grow studio c41 into like almost like a brand within itself right so mm-hmm. it's 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 really cool that we all have the same ideology in mind but we ha- we all have different ways of approaching it um and so i think it's really cool that m what you've done with um the podcasters and, and wrangling them all together which kind of started off <laughs> as a silly joke as an april fools has really blossomed into something fantastic that was that was the original intention um yeah just i think i i know enough of you guys and hamish knows enough of you guys separately and you know enough of you guys separately but yeah. but this this i think this conversation wasn't happening between you guys and, and and now i think it's it's fantastic how how often and how much you guys all communicate with each other and just bounce ideas off and stuff mm. it's a great support group you should, you should monetize it sure <laughs> Yeah, no, that, <laughs> it, it kind of is. It kind of is. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, in these chats, uh, you'll have somebody say, hey, I think I'm about buying this camera. And and so it's like they're almost like looking for validation. It's like you're kind of asking somebody in an AA group if you're if you're going to be if you should get this beer like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. I love the, I love, I love the, I love the Kentucky beer, the Kentucky bourbon beer. Yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I think it, it, it's quite hilarious uh, as far as what has kind of, you know, I've created great friendships. It's kind of what I think I have not been it brought realization for me that I have not been doing a good enough job uh, bringing people in from other shows. Um, and and I think Sunny Sixteen did a very mm. good job with that initially well not initially but they still do that but you know it was like oh that's kind of cool and you know oh they have mike on or they they have you on and everything i was like you know i'd like to try to do something along those lines as well and um and i've been great getting great feedback because people are uh are discovering other podcasts out there um you know i i've you're gonna laugh at this but i've actually had a uh the fujifilm sales rep uh, send me an email and saying, Hey, what are the other film photography podcasts that are out there? Like, what are you listening to? And, uh, and I sent them a, a list of pretty much everybody that's in the chat. I said, these are the ones that, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoy listening to. And, uh, we, we all kind of interconnect with each other. And, uh, and so that he was very surprised to, to hear that the, there was such a, uh, comprehensive list of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's great that I've been able to link in with everybody. This is just kind of the start of it. Um, and, and so it's, everybody brings their own personality to the show and that, and that's what I find most enjoyable about all this. And there's a lot, there's a lot of personality to go around. It, it, there certainly is. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. 
So, I mean, you know, um, I, I'm kind of excited um, in, in meeting so many more. Like, I, I know, um, like, I've been really interested in uh, going across the pond and uh, and uh, participating or at least attending um, attending the uh, photography show uh, next year. And, and I'm really wanting to to get an opportunity to to meet. Uh, you know, the sunny 16 folks, uh, Hamish, uh, hopefully, uh, you sure will yeah, be yeah. there, um, and, you know, get an opportunity to kind of just really network. I mean, that's kind of all I wanted to, to get out of all that. Um, and, and just, uh, I think we yeah, can set yeah. an example to help this people realize that this is something unique in, in this world of, you know, film photography. I, w- I want to kind of um, start wrapping it up and everything. And I, I want to ask you guys each of this question that I have uh, been asking th- the previous podcasts. Uh, what question have I not asked that you would have liked me to have asked? And Hamish, I'll start with you. Wow. I don't know. I don't, to be honest, I'm not massively keen on talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> so probably it would have been. Um, why in God's name do you associate yourself with that fucking idiot from Emulsive? <laughs> okay, sure. So I'm not going. I'm not going to say that, but everybody's <laughs> going to say it because those are not my words. Those are Hamish's words. So why? <laughs> um, because all of the hate is obviously secretly love. <laughs> good one good one i like it so all right uh m uh same question to you sir what question did i not ask that you would have liked me to ask um when exactly did hamish legally change his name from mcgill to gill <laughs> <laughs> and uh so when is that the, do you know the funny thing is is the more podcasts i go on the 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 more I hope that people realise that I'm not actually called Hamish McGill, <laughs> because there are a phenomenal amount of people out there who think that my name is Hamish is Hamish McGill. It's it's bloody ridiculous. But the thing is, is if you if you'd called if you'd been called Harold, right, Harold Gill, that 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 sounds okay. But yeah. Hamish McGill sounds perfect. I mean, it's you're just an angry Scot. I'm Hamish McGill from Glasgow. You know, it's like, it's just like, it just, it fits so, so well. Um, Oh boy. I'm I'm being facetious, but but that's fine. That's normally what happens at the end of podcasts for me, anyway. Sure. Sorry. Fair enough. All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that wraps it up for this uh, episode. Uh, uh, Hamish, um, thank you for uh, you guys for uh, taking the time and hopping on the mic at the last second uh, to, to for this interview. And um, I hope that this uh, our incoherent mess of our thoughts uh, can be edited into a concise uh, interview. So uh, but no, I, th- I think uh, this was fantastic. I very much uh, enjoy talking to you guys, listening to your podcasts. And um, I was hoping that we could uh, close out this episode by uh, helping me close out with the show. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'll let Hamish do that, seeing as he's a first-time guest. Okay. Fair enough. I, I can't. I, I can say shoot some film, but I can't say that bit at the end. That's far too American. I'm not. I'm not. You uh, have to. Just, 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 just okay. say, just, 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 just say it. Just say shoot some film. Just say damn it instead. Whatever. I mean, you know what? What is can the? It be, can it be? 
Can it be sake sheets and film? Sure. There you go. It's done. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. And uh, my close off was completely destroyed by Hamish McGill. I'm surprised. Look, to be fair, fair, (laughs) this is the least railroaded an episode of a podcast that me and Em have been on together. Yeah, for a long time. Do you know what I mean? We've been reasonably <laughs> well behaved. I think there was a whole period where well, where M was taking his bins out or something that meant oh, that he man. wasn't around. So if it hadn't have been for that, you'd consider yourself. All, all I'm saying is, consider yourself lucky that it's only gone to sh- towards the end. <laughs> or yeah, fair enough. I, I was I was listening to that to that whole that whole segment. I just didn't you you know didn't just interrupt you guys because of the um the kind of typhoon style weather outside. So, but no, I think this has been a a relatively successful um, endeavor. I'm I'm glad that I got pulled into it on the last minute. I was just ready to open a beer. Um, So thank you for that, Hamish. Um, (laughs) I think think, I'm I'm genuinely thanking you. Stop being Uh. a wanker. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's been, it's been good and it's, it has definitely been the most productive podcast that i've been on uh wasn't the hpp in 2019 oh my all right well uh i'm gonna go ahead and end it uh so uh shoot some film dang it (laughs) 